Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that you don't have to be mad to enjoy, but it does indeed help. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're throwing on as many lights as we can as we welcome the final girls horror cast as they help us break down and talk the 1982 classic, Alone in the Dark. But before we get into that, let me remind you, we're part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other great pop culture oriented podcasts at BoomHowdy.com. Or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your crazy hole. So if you are in the Kansas City area, this particular episode will be dropping the first week of July. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Kansas City area and you enjoy horror, I do believe the Kansas City Horror Club has you uh, taken care of for a few days here? Yes, you do. In July 20th, at we are taking over Terra at Tapcade again with Kansas City Horror Club Presents Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and I'm excited because I've never seen this movie in the theater. It's one I've seen many times. Uh, I've talked about it before. It's one of those films that if I could show in my public speaking class and not traumatize anyone, right? I would. <laughs> Instead, we have to watch The King's Speech, but this is definitely something I recommend, and I cannot wait to see on the big screen. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then just a week later on July 27th at Tapcade as well, 10 o'clock. do 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 Celebrating 30 years of fear, uh, killer clowns from outer space. Mm-hmm. One of the most like most fun clown movies you will see. Now, some clown movies are not fun, but this one is. And uh, you know, I you know, occasionally we like to dress up, do a little cosplay. I don't think we'll do anything to actually dress. Up. I don't want to trigger anyone. Ultimately, well, there goes my plans. Okay, Shit. well, never mind then. That's uh, well, yeah, you. You take pleasure in traumatizing young ones, genius. It is quite horrible. Uh, but no, make sure you check that out. And as always, we'll always include a pre-show, prizes that go along with everything. Uh, we always have a good time oh, with yeah. Tara at Tapcade. Now, if you are uh, you know, a loyal listener here, we've mentioned before, genius, you're not necessarily a big podcast listener, are you? No. In fact, I barely listen to ours. <laughs> no, <it's> a, <laughs> it'd be weird if you were a regular listener of your own podcast. <laughs> right? We'd have to look into that. <laughs> Let me tell you why you're wrong. Wait a minute. That's me. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I actually, on the other hand, am. Um, I've got kind of a regular weekly rotation um, you know, it's one of those things I've got my Monday night, my Tuesday night, my Wednesday day and so forth. And for some, for a podcast to make its way into my regular weekly rotation, it really has to grab me. And I think one of the greatest things of actually going into podcasting and especially kind of living in the day and age we live in mm-hmm. is now more than ever, we have the opportunity to actually reach out and engage and interact with some of these folks that we're listening to. Yes. And it has been awesome it really has i've never even thought when i first started the podcast that i would have the chance to interact with a lot of these people but here we are Mm -hmm. you can hear our next guest as part of the modern horrors podcast network as they bring you all that is uh streaming and scary for your enjoyment welcome to nightmare junkhead for the first time from the final girls horror cast amy and carly thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us how are you both doing tonight hey guys Good. Thanks, How are you? thanks for having us. That was a wonderful <laughs> intro. And it was. It was pretty like amazing, like astounding to hear no errors during it. Like I don't know, I trip over words constantly during the intro. 
of all the wine I drank. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's, who knows? Uh, who knows really why? Wine is, <laughs> wine is merely podcast lubricant, I believe. It just it makes the conversation flow. Right. Uh, but before we get into all the good stuff here, uh, please tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media? Uh, please plug and promote away. God, Carly, you know all the social media stuff. You say it all the time. I do. Uh, now I'm like, where are we? <laughs> okay, well, on, on Twitter, we're at Final Girls HC, as in horror cast. Uh, on Facebook, we're just Final Girls Horror Cast. You can search for us on there. Same on uh, Instagram. Yeah, you can find us on modernhorrors.com, uh, which also has a lot of great horror news. Plug in there. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. Do we have Instagram? Final Girls Horror Cast? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's just, simple. Yeah, it's too mu- too many accounts, too much social media. It's, but I will say, as an introvert, if it wasn't for social media, I probably wouldn't engage with people. So I guess it keeps us on our toes <laughs> so in some true. ways. Double-edged <laughs> yeah. sword, man. So one of the first things we always ask any first-time guest here on the podcast is, and it's, we're going to put this out individually to you, uh, but Amy and Carly, what was it that in, got you into horror? Uh, you know, you, what, is, what was your horror origin story? Was it a movie? Uh, was it a moment? Uh, but what was it that actually made you look at horror and go, you know what? I, I think I can enjoy this. Uh, Amy, let's start with you. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, I was actually terrified of everything as a child. Um, I think uh, my first memory, I'm, I'm in my, my mid-30s, uh, and my first uh, memory of being frightened was... Uh, Hocus Pocus, which is a children's film that I now love, but I think I was, uh, I was like eight when that came out and uh, scared the crap out of me. Just the commercial alone scared the crap out of me. I was also notoriously uh, afraid of Jim Carrey's The Mask. Um, I just, I was not a tough kid. Uh, and then something happened uh, after puberty and that I just loved it, loved being scared. Um, my love probably started with films like The Craft. Um, which got me into witches and, uh, you know, things like that. I just really loved the craft. Then I started getting into the Evil Dead and and really loved 80s horror. Um, I loved, and I really loved the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Still, to me, one of the scariest films ever. Um, and then, you know, just from there, I just couldn't find anything scary enough. Just kept watching as many horror films as I could. And, uh Yeah. And now I am the crazy person I am today. <laughs> and you have an audience that we enjoy that. So we do appreciate that. Do, do um, you still have PTSD from Bette Midler? You know, her teeth, it was specifically her teeth really? that freaked me out. And, and like her hair. It was like a mix between her teeth and her hair. I mean, once I saw the film, I was fine. But the commercials for these films like scared me. I would just run out of the room when they started. And I was, I was still, I... I sound uh really creeps me out so like uh i mentioned this on our podcast before like uh, just any kind of creepy music used to scare me really badly and my brother who's much older than me well not much older he's six years older than me and uh he would he uh was a was into filmmaking in high school even and he had this CD of sound effects that he would put in his films and he would play scary sound effects while I was falling asleep uh, to scare me on purpose. I I mean, I was traumatized by my brother and I blame him for it, really. (laughs) It seems brothers and like those siblings are like the gateways into some good things and then ultimately (laughs) some terrifying trauma things there. Um, That's a great list. That's I can see how that transition there. Uh, Carly, how about yourself? What was it that initially got you into horror? Um, I feel like I remembered my mom like watching it 
when I was little and like at coming in when Pennywise is like in the sewer and her being like, you can't be in here. Like, get out. You can't watch this. And I was like, fine. And so I was always like really curious about it. But it kind of started small. I was really into the witches, even though it scared the crap out of me. Like Angelica Houston mm-hmm. was so creepy. Oh, yeah. Um, and then like I was super obsessed with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I remember always coming home early from like trick or treating on Halloween because they played four back to back and it was like a big deal. Um, and so I always like was really intrigued, uh, and super into those kinds of like ghost stories and obviously like scary stories you read in the dark, Mm -hmm. all of the volumes of that. Um, and then I remember moving to New York and watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre with one of my friends there. And I was just like hooked. Like we would go to Blockbuster all the time and just start at a and rent all of the scary movies in the horror section. And it just kind of grew from there. It's, it's a shame that, and what I, I really do, what I dig about your podcast, and we'll get into a little bit more how you do focus on the streaming, but both of you kind of mentioned just the, that almost like education that you would get mm-hmm. through the video store and just perusing that. Do you miss that at all? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. But I still have a bunch of horror movies that I haven't seen at my fingertips at all times, which is still pretty fun yeah it is we live in a pretty grand day and age and um so that being said how initially did you two come together to form the final girls horror cast well i guess i'll (laughs) tell that story because (laughs) it's it's me really i was uh i was i wanted to start a podcast i was listening to a lot of horror podcasts um and i was like i want to try and do something like this Uh, i want to do something a little different but i I, I like talking about horror. I don't personally have a ton of friends um, in my surrounding area uh, that like horror very much. Most of my female friends do not like horror movies. Um, and it was uh, I was watching them a lot by myself. My husband doesn't really love them either. Um, and I just I, like I wanted to talk about them. I was listening to podcasts and not really engaging in anyone other than like, you know, bothering Sean and Joe from the horror show all the time. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this myself. I asked a couple people here. No one was interested. Um, and Carly was a friend of mine in college that I, I, I lost t- touch with. I mean, we weren't super close in college, but we were friends. Um, and then, you know, I knew she liked horror movies and she lives in L.A., which is it's not too far from me. I'm in San Diego. And so I found out there was a way we could both record at the same time and, and be in different locations. And so I asked her if she was interested and and she jumped at it, you know, and we just started and never stopped about almost two years now. Yep. It was super exciting. I was super into it. I was very excited when she reached out. It's, it's really funny how a lot of those podcasts ultimately come together when you just want to talk about something like horror and you just don't have that outlet immediately it's great that we now technically have so many different outlets like that because like you said when like, your friends and everybody you can talk to are normies <laughs> it's like hard to like oh man it's just like in that time in evil dead and blah 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 and they're like what the fuck are you talking about so yeah, yeah. no <laughs> yeah we have our own language sometimes and and it's mm-hmm. it's hard when people don't really get it uh but it, I, I mean, I was lucky in that I had a community online. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of grew, um, I almost want to say like I grew listeners just by being in the horror community online. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have people that like was like, oh, cool, you're starting a show. I'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of grew from there. I mean, I was lucky to have that. Um, a lot of shows have to start with literally nothing. And that's super tough. Um, not that our show is awesome. I mean, we 
we, we always said we didn't care if anyone listened. It's really just something we enjoy to do. Um, and it, it luckily has grown quite a bit and we're lucky enough to be on modern horrors right now, which, which really helps us. Um, but you know, we really still just do it for fun. I, I we don't get anything out of it except for it being fun for us, <laughs> really. Uh, so it's just something we enjoy doing. Yeah, we've often yeah, said it's like an audience, audience of one or an audience of none. Right. Just do it because it's fun. Exactly. Your yeah. philosophy is right fucking on par with ours. So. Well, and I think that ultimately the thing that kind of drew me initially to the podcast was just the chemistry between you two, uh, just the genuine fun you have in the films and the fact that your joy is genuine. You know, it's not snarky. Uh, you talk about, you know, ultimately films that you can have fun with. And there's uh, that's what I truly enjoy, where I almost feel like I could just talk along with you guys. And that's, I think, probably the biggest compliment I can give any podcast. That I just want to join the conversation. And with the Final Girls Horrorcast, I definitely get that. So uh, almost just a thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That's thank so you. nice. That's, yeah, that's really awesome to hear. No, that it's, means a lot. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's the reason I actually initially started podcasting as well, because I started listening to a lot of them, and it was never a point where I was like, I could be better than that. It was just like, I just kind of want to do it. <laughs> I want to do it, too. It yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, more totally. jealousy, right? Indeed. Like, I, Indeed. I want to party and play. I better. I just want to try it and see what it's like when I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you talk about the horror community in and of itself. It's, you know, it's a very loyal community. Yeah. And so when you have those people that have been there from the beginning and almost, you know, would you dare say your listeners are the lovelies? Yeah. Because, I mean, you open and I, I didn't want to just say I'm a lovely because that sounds arrogant, yes. what have you. But, you know, you are. No, You're so totally a lovely. Yes. <laughs> See, genius. I'm a I lovely, too. I have love too. for each and every person that listens to our show, whether they like it or not. I mean. I have love for that. Like, well, if you're always... taking time out of your life to listen to me blather on about nonsense, then you're pretty <laughs> awesome in my book. <laughs> well, there's, there is something to be said, though, for that. Um, but now, all of that being said, I wanted to make sure, since we had you on here at the podcast, that uh, we, we stayed on brand with what you do on your show. And we talk all sorts of horror, whether it's new, uh, mm-hmm. something you know we've enjoyed from back in the day. We, you know, we do a number of segments here on the show. Yes. And we wanted to introduce a new one. And ultimately, we, it was like, well, this is the perfect opportunity here. But you know, with what you do on your podcast, where you, again, it's focusing primarily on everything streaming, uh, we wanted to start something we called the... Shutter Shoutout. In which we talk about, imagine that. About shit we, we see on Shudder. Kind of like our Netflix nasties. Because <laughs> we right. love alliteration. And we're also tying that Shudder shout out to another, to another segment that we do. Where it's called, uh, I've seen that. Because I, I guess I should just say, before we even start talking about this film, the reason we chose it is ultimately genius in myself at least we are big fans of the person that wrote and directed this uh, Jack Shoulder mm-hmm. so I'm going to throw this out to you um, Carly and Amy were you familiar with anything by Jack Shoulder before you saw Alone in the Dark oh man putting me on the spot here <laughs> I never know names like Arachnid did he do right? Arachnid oh hold on to the IMDB hmm. yes he did see now see boom yeah. that's a cut I don't boom. know about yeah Carly what, what's that one about <laughs> is it that- Spiders and the spiders, <laughs> spiders that I hate. Oh, <laughs> and no. so, like, while I probably haven't seen the whole movie, it definitely was like, oh, I could totally watch this. I can't I hate I, spiders. I take it oh, you're... and he also did Mortal Kombat Conquest, and yes. Carly loves oh. horrible Mortal Kombat movies. So, oh man. Well, then I take it you you're probably not behind that the the remake they're going to do of Arachnophobia. I mean, it's, again, like, I'll watch it probably. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, so before we get into the movie, I got to put this out there. I'm so glad we saw this movie 
and not the other alone in the dark that I was thinking about. Not because <laughs> I mean, like when he says, "Hey, we're gonna talk about something on Shutter. We're gonna watch Alone in the Dark," and I'm like, "Ew," you know, like because I saw that fucking movie in the theater, and I mean, yeah, sometimes it's good to see some like you know stuff. I but think you may have been the only one that saw that movie in the theater. I saw that in the fucking theater, and I also saw House of the Dead in the theater. theater. It was an empty theater. It was hell empty. It was like fucking, I was waiting to see like tumbleweeds and shit going there like, oh man, Christian Slater and Tara Reid in a Uwe Boll film. You know, Uwe Boll, he, he, his, his movies are like his name. Uwe. You know? I mean, some, I like the name of the king though. I'll give him. I'll give him that. Well, that was one thing when I initially put this out. I think Amy, you initially hit back. You're like, "Wait, Alone in the Dark from like 2000?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. I want to make sure." <laughs> because yeah, I was listen, like, are we doing a Tara Reid movie? Yeah, Is right. what's happening here? I, it, it was more, mostly just repeating what Carly asked me because I was not sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all of us had that, like Alone in the Dark. Yeah, man. Can we, if we're gonna watch Tara Reid, can we at least watch Sharknado? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the two films that I kind of wanted to focus on were he uh, Jack Shoulder directed uh, the sequel, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's Revenge, <laughs> which yes, famously features uh, Marshall Bell getting his butt whipped with a wet towel to death, to death. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I want to throw that one out. Are you are you f- familiar enough with that one? Are you f- are you actually fans of the sequel to a Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge nightmare. I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Like huge i love nightmare on elm street uh i have issues with some of the choices made <laughs> in a nightmare on elm street so too funny. since it, it, it so literally funny. follows none of the rules that it sets in place right. um but i mean i appreciate it as a fun film it's not my favorite nightmare on elm street though <laughs> that was so diplomatic that was so <laughs> extremely like well, on its merits alone, it's been—it's a movie. You know? <laughs> I do believe it was I, shot on okay, film. I enjoy it as a film by itself, but as a part of the series, I have some issue with it. I totally Let me put it that way. I totally respect that because it definitely does do its own thing. Um, we've always kind of been a, been a fan of it, especially. Um, um, Oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name there. Oh, um, Mark Patton. Thank you. Mark Patton is a local boy here from Kansas City. Um, and also just, again, the the text that is not subtext in the film, obviously, yeah. that is very in your face. But and we've Clue Gallagher. Oh, yeah. There's Clue. something about an exploding parrot. <laughs> I put a cherry bomb up his ass. Definitely appreciate it. Now, <laughs> I forgot about the exploding parrot. Oh, the exploding <laughs> It, it, it's, it's, it's well worth a revisit. I really recommend checking that one out. Um, it's, it's a lot I'll of fun. I'll tell you what, if we do it, we'll have you guys on to talk Dude, about it. Done and done. We'll, we'll break out the pro board game and everything. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, now, the other one that I'm curious on is it's a little gem from 1987, and it's not necessarily horror. It's more sci-fi horror, uh, but it's a film called The Hidden. Uh-huh. It's got Kyle MacLachlan in it. Helena Christensen. I don't think I've seen oh, that Oh, okay. One. So that's another... Okay. I highly yes, recommend... Yes, it's really good. It is a kind of a body-switching sci-fi horror flick, and I'll leave it at that. All right. All but, right. But I'll ultimately check it out. Kyle MacLachlan in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm into it. I mean. And it's baby-faced, young, like pre-Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. No, but it's, still weird. Yeah. Still wonderfully weird. <laughs> but this really ultimately weird. does bring us to our film here, Alone in the Dark. And before we get into your thoughts, I'm kind of curious... Um, ultimately, number one, I do. I guess I have a a, a confession here. Um, I technically, this is I've never seen this film. 
Yeah, me neither. This was the first one. That's why when I said earlier we were incorporating with the I've seen that because both of us were like, ooh, maybe we should watch this movie. I have no <laughs> doubt. I have probably been in conversation with a friend and they've asked me about Alone in the Dark and I've probably seen I've seen enough of the trailer. I know enough by reputation that I was like, I've seen that. And I probably said I've seen that because I was thinking of the Tara Reid Christian Slater movie. So, you know, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've technically seen it. Has <laughs> we seen it by proxy? <laughs> so this was actually really, it was a good excuse to see this film. Um, obviously, with streaming, I wanted to make sure I went back to early Jack Shoulder work because, you know, I've obviously been a big fan of his. So, again, I'm going to throw this out here. Carly and Amy, what were your initial thoughts on Alone in the Dark? You know, I've never seen it before either. Martin Landau is incredibly creepy in it. Oh, those eyebrows. Oh my gosh. I I was convinced they almost like deserved a SAG card on them on their own. There was like the the David Bowie the uh, the, the, the big the the bulge, piece the big bulge. labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> I swear that at one point in time I was ready for his eyebrows to open up and a beautiful butterfly would emerge from them. You know, I wouldn't just, have been surprised. Right? Because he was crazy from the word get. Okay, Martin Landau. Yeah, I love the Martin Landau. The first thing we see, he's in a diner eating a big weird-ass eel. And and then, like, all of a sudden, fuck it, it's this whole, like, weird Twin Peakian diner. And then out of nowhere, short-order cook Donald Pleasance comes in. And like, I served him six times, right? And just, like... Fuck shit up. It's glorious. It is such a what the fuck opening. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I wasn't. Exactly was my thought exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, and... does, it doesn't add anything to the story. No, and it's no. Not even... Martin Landau's hardly in it. I mean, I he's in like, it, is but it's going to come back later. Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's not from his point of view at all. So it's, it doesn't make any sense why we would know about his dreams. It's such a weird it... choice to open it with that. Such a weird dream. And it also, I was half expecting, and again, we're going to obviously talk spoilers, like, and again, yeah, yeah talk spoilers, spoilers all spoilers, the way. Spoilers. But I was set up with this intro dream sequence, like there was some nefarious stuff going on in that madhouse, and, you know, obviously maybe, you know, the, Do- the Do- Donald Pleasant's character was bad, but it never came of that. So it was such a weird red herring, but I will say this, the dream sequence goes into just a killer intro theme song that I was really surprised, and when I watched it the first time, I was like... Ah, I can get into this. I can get into this. Um, I know you guys normally go through, you know, beginning to end here, but um, let me ask you this. Would th- would you qualify, would you put this in your, like, the 80s were weird kind of category? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just I because would. of the sister. If the sister oh, wasn't yes. in it, I would say no. But because the sister exists in this film, it's 100% uh, 80s were weird type film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, like a whole bunch of crazies riding around in like an ice cream truck. That was completely terrifying. <laughs> she literally gets out of the car and asks her sister if there's any Rastafarians around. That's the first thing she says, right? And then like hey, there's this band playing I think you'll like. I it was it was every now and again they she would show up the sister her name was I believe it was Lori. She would just inject pure 80s into yes. this film whether it was her side ponytail whether it was her need to go to like this new wave punk club, it was unreal. I was waiting for her to break out in Xanadu at any moment now. <laughs> oh, God. She was really my favorite part of this entire film. She... Like every time she spoke, I was in love, and uh, she's my new favorite person in the world. Because the questions and the things she would ask were just so, like, the fuck? <laughs> Up there. 
And <laughs> just like out of nowhere. And then I like the way they're all like, you know, maybe we should be okay with her. Take it easy with her. She's like, no, let's go to a fucking punk show. You know? <laughs> Well, the fact that they mentioned the fact that she was recovering for something from some PTSD, I almost was thinking, especially with her side ponytail, what if this is like Judy from Sleepaway Camp and this is like her aftercare? I don't know if it was the side ponytail that put me in the mood, but... Because what would her PTSD be if she, like her nightmares are that Tom Savini monstrosity that popped up out of nowhere? Oh, yes. Like, what did she survive? You know what I'm saying? Before this whole night of fuckery. She I actually. Think the obvious answer is zombie attacks. Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes literal is literal genius. Well, yeah. I, I bet it was leftover from Pleasants and Creepers. Oh yeah, because yeah. it was maggoty. You know, it, it really was. Though there was um. So I'm gonna even say this. It's kind of weird. Like in the early '80s, you got a lot of genre films where you would get some of these, dare I say, older character actors that brought all this like authenticity to the point that we have. In our escaped lunatics here, we've already talked a little bit about Martin Landau and his eyebrows, uh, but we also have just, and we might as well go ahead and start, but one Jack Palance, just <laughs> Jack Palance, and he's not necessarily eating so much scenery as he is like suffocating on it somehow, right. because professional breather Jack Palance, like time to die, you know. <laughs> So I'll even did he did he add any menace to the film for you? Were you familiar with his work before? I mean, because for most people, he's the guy that was in City Slickers. You know, he was doing one armed push ups on the Oscars. So, uh, Carly, Amy, how familiar were were you with initially with Jack Palance? He's one of those people that I just couldn't quite play, place until you just said City Slickers, and Aha. I'm like, holy shit, yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he in like a Batman as well? Maybe. Yeah. He was in the original. He was yeah. in the original. He was a darling. You're looking yeah. kind of Yeah, nice. he's totally one of those people that like you just see everywhere and he's just like in everything. But he's great. He's so creepy. And yeah. is, is he in Home Alone also? No, you know who was in Home Alone? There no. were, it was the guy from this movie called Deranged. Uh, that was based on it's a really weird connection because it was the guy in Deranged was it was based on Ed Gein and the guy from Deranged was the creepy Lex Nork's next door neighbor in, with the salt. Yes. Oh, with the salt. Yes. The yeah. Wow. No, I was talking about the guy in the movie that he's watching that scares him. Oh. <laughs> oh no 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 that was that was somebody else. I don't know who you're talking about. The angels with dirty faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No 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 I know exactly no no it looks like him though and I think that guy's a professional breather too. No, but Jack Palance used to Jack Palance used to be like, "Welcome back to Ripley's. Believe it or not." Yeah. yeah. So, and then like in Batman, he was like, "And remember, Jack, you're always my number one guy." <laughs> just like, just ah, like, dude, do you need Have like you a CPAP? You know, <laughs> it's like you wanted to hook up oxygen to him. Well, I, you know, in the 80s... I'm lightheaded from doing that Jack Balance. <laughs> take, take a breather. We'll, hold, right. we'll take it from here. Get a paper bag. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what we need to do with this podcast, you know, <laughs> any kind of Palance impression there. Um, no, I actually... And I kind of really want to know, what, like, did you consider this a scary movie? Because I saw some kind of scary elements in there. There were some scenes in there. But overall, for the most part, I wasn't so much scared as I was entertained with this film. Would you even... Would you consider this a scary flick? I personally wouldn't. I wasn't scared at all, but I can see that that's what they were going for. I was entertained, though. 
I I don't know if you want to be one of those people. You could be like, oh, it's like a it's like a thriller. Um, oh yes, you know, boo. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be one of those people. I would probably just say it's horror. Uh, did it scare me though? No. Oh it yeah. Didn't. <laughs> You know what? I will say there was one part where I felt some dread and I was like, oh, shit. I hope this doesn't go where it's going to go. When um, Dynamo, um, the big giant rapist, was like in the house with the little girl. And I loved that little girl. That little girl was the shit. She was probably the best part of the film. For me, she was. For me, she was hilarious. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about her later. But when when, uh, that guy was behind her, like, you want to go up to your room and have some cookies? I was like, no, yeah. don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah, that was like totally actual dread there. It made me nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That made me nervous. I, I don't know that I was scared, but yeah, I was like, oh, is this going to be gross? Because I can't deal with it. it. Well, and again, being that it's an early 80s horror film, you never necessarily know where sometimes they will go with that. Right. Because they were transitioning from like just the kind of the the salacious 70s for the most part and some nasty stuff happened there mm-hmm. actually i thought there was a really good shot initially with the shot of them walking away from the actual institute to that the was, van yeah that was a good shot like I, again and it's not necessarily scary per se but just kind of setting up an atmosphere Menace. and this whole thing is built around the, the the plot device is that there's a massive power outage all based around dare i say checkoff security system that were introduced like you know five minutes into the movie fucking donald pleasance being a hippie you know what i mean <laughs> like i don't believe in boss and i mean i i love donald character donald pleasance's character in this because we see him and he's all first he's all crazy in that dream but then he's like really a good dude who wants the best for the for the inmates but another thing like i don't know where this movie was gonna go when lynn shane pops out of nowhere came and she's like oh you can't see the doctor and i'm like okay because he's invisible i'm like did we are we already into the escape? You know what I'm saying? Is this like you know? And then like there's fucking Donald Pleasance coming in. Would you like to smoke some herb? It's a number one, you know. And he's got that. It's great. Well, they were, and again, you're looking for like maybe these nefarious things that are afoot in this hospital, but they're not. They're not to be found because he's a legit good guy just doing a little things, kind Misguided. of guided. So, I mean, I'll even throw it out to you. Um, what, you know, were there any highlights for you in the film at all? I, I shouldn't say at all, but, yeah, were there any things that kind of stood out to you guys? Um, the sick fucks was awesome. This, like, every time well, they were on screen. Let's, let's talk about the sick fucks there. Um, you go into this, like, and I don't even know how. Wait, which that sick a, fucks are we talking about? Because yeah, we're talking about a lot of sick fucks on this show. <laughs> the ones on stage performing the music. But I'm kind of curious, like, you know, it, it sounds like it's kind of a backwoods town, but apparently every backwoods town in a horror movie will have, like, a punk new wave club that anyone can just, you know, travel to. And obviously it made an impression on you because you already threw out, you know, uh, I think it was, were you throwing out a song reference of the Sick Fox? I'm obsessed with you Chop Up Your it? Mother. I'm obsessed with Chop Up Your Mother. <laughs> I think you should play it the entirety of the show in the background. I think it's a phenomenal song. I'm upset that I didn't know about it before watching this film because um, I wasted... Literally wasted like 30 years of my life not knowing the song existed. Um, so I'm you laugh, but I'm I genuinely love that song. And like the second I heard it and I saw them with the giant axes, yes. I was like, Yes, this movie is amazing now. Spectacle, um, I love it. I love it. I loved, I love that they had props. The song is fantastic. 
It has catchy lyrics. You can't forget them. Because <laughs> um, it was, yeah, there was like that sing-along with a chop, chop, chop up your chop mother. Chop up your mother. Yep, there chop, it is. chop, chop, chop up, up your mother. mother. It's literally been in my head for like a week since I've heard, since I've seen this film. It's been in my, every day I think about the song and every day I sing it in my head. I'm considering making it my ringtone. Oh, I was about to say, are you going to make it your ringtone? That's the ultimate test right there. Yeah, I might. Chop, chop, chop. Yeah, I'm God damn it, I'm getting a, getting a call. I, I, I'm not joking at all. I absolutely love that song, and I think about it all the time. Are the six fucks still around? By far the highlight of this film. I actually, I can't disagree with you on that, because it's it's kind of, I don't want to say it takes <laughs> you knows, away from 80s the... punk. Oh, yeah, no, if, yeah, they're, they're not really 80s punks, you know. But actually, I'd, I would say this, the six fucks, I would go to that show. Like, Spectacle, I'm yeah. telling you. It's, but they put on a good oh, show. Absolutely. Yeah, good enough for Jack Palance. <laughs> so, like, punk, all right? <laughs> and there, I guess maybe that's, the, that's something to be said about the inclusivity of the uh, punk community, that, you know, you can go in looking like Jack Palance and you're totally cool. Hell, he was getting ready to, like, score with one of the local ladies there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I, she was so into it. <laughs> she was. She wanted that D. She was into it. <laughs> and he's gonna again. He'll do one-handed push-ups on. You know that's a he'll get all he'll there. get all crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, I liked the bleeder. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't was there like enough setup for that though. I don't think so because I kind of had to rewind a little to figure out because he so casually mentioned that if you're not paying any attention, no, it's I paid attention to the whole thing. I was <laughs> like. Oh shit! And then when he was like, "Here, take a weapon." There's somebody crazy down in the basement. And then the, the guy was like, "No, right?" Just like, like, no. What's wrong with you? I was telling Greg off mic. If there was crazy people in my house and somebody offered me a weapon, you better fucking believe I'm gonna take something down there. Especially if it's Martin Landau with his crazy ass eyebrows. Take a sheep shear or something. But like when 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 the sister is holding on to the bleeder and then all that just gnarly. I mean, because he's just gushing and when he had the hockey mask on that was a cool shot which let's see here this came out in 82 friday 3 came out uh actually in 83 so i guess this kind of actually predates friday 3 as well fuck shelly how did this entire family embrace this man so quickly though it's like (laughs) the second he's on screen literally everyone loves him and trusts him like they're his son i don't understand the the daughter the young little girl trust him more than she trusts her own father she's like standing next thing. to him and behind <laughs> yeah. him I, I don't understand that it makes I literally like, did I miss something or because <laughs> the bleeder was rugged he was yeah yes but i mean he's basically he's here for dinner he's, <laughs> he's here for dinner <laughs> I don't know. I, I only assume that just because you know someone was being nice to the sister that they're like, okay, he's Maybe. a keeper. Yeah, like, oh, he Keep looks around. He looks normal. I mean, I understand keeping him around, having him over for dinner. That's very nice. Uh, but you know, like, like tr- entrusting them with their <laughs> lives and and having the, him be the sole protector of the family. Like, no one's listening to dad. Mom is. I don't know. She's doing her own thing. I no one like for some reason this guy, this strange man in our house. Even above the cop. I mean, they trusted him more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. I guess maybe it's just in in times of rioting and darkness, you know, you just take in anyone that can uh, help fortify potentially. That's a good Here's a question. A, mm-hmm. Was it fucking dark, though? Because uh... here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the lights went out. I'm just gonna I'm just going to tell you the sequence of events as I remember them. The lights go out. 
there's a riot almost immediately. Yes, uh, really, yes, quick looting. It's a Simpsons reference. I don't understand reference. how that happened. People are getting stabbed. There's chaos for, like, one hour of darkness. <laughs> Never happens. And then the next morning, there's a guy delivering papers or whatever, that guy on the bicycle. He's standing in front of a light on someone's uh, lawn that's on. Hmm. The light behind him is on. Rewind, go back. I thought that was a cue to say, oh, the power is now back on. So then later on in the film, when it's dark again, I'm like, why is it dark again? Is there another power outage? I was so confused. God damn it. That's just weak storytelling, man. Jack Shoulder. Come on, man. Well, God were they theory. truly alone in the also, dark? It was, it was morning. There was no need for that light to be on, but it was still on. Like, I just, I, I didn't think that one through, I don't think. Maybe, maybe it was one of those, like, um, you know, sensor lights where it wasn't bright enough out that it went off by itself. It's on a battery. Maybe it was yeah. on, maybe it's a motion sensor on a battery. Or maybe it's one of those ones where, like, the power comes on for, like, like a brief second and you're like, yay. Oh. Aw. Yes. <laughs> maybe interesting just, thing to insert in this film. Maybe you just caught him on the yay moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's possible. Well, another thing that always stands out to me is when any time, especially in, like, these early 80s films, is you see kind of, like, the casual pot use of the parents. Where, you in like, in this movie and also in, like, in Poltergeist, where you'll just see them, and it's just such a casual thing that in today's films, I think they'd probably make a bigger deal out of it. It wasn't even casual. There was a scene where, like, fucking uh, uh, Donald Pleasant's like, it's called Sativa, and it's good shit, right? (laughs) It's until, like I said, it's A number one. I got it from the Duke. And he's over there like, I smoked it up six times. And, like, he's tearing it up. And he even shows up to the house knowing the crazy killers are there fucking token up. I'm like, I want him as my doctor. You know, because... <laughs> I don't think he can prescribe genius. Unfortunately, Aww. I think he can just listen to you, sadly. Aww. Now, it's just one of those, again, interesting little details that you see in this in this film that I definitely think kind of stands apart. Now, I got I to gotta ask this as well. Just And you mentioned it a little bit. Were they truly alone in the dark? I got to throw... When's the last time that you found yourself alone in the dark? And I should even say preface it. When's the last time you found yourself scared and alone in the dark, or have you ever found yourself that way? Anytime I'm alone in the dark, anytime, literally anytime, (laughs) I'm terrified of being alone in the dark. There's something, well, and it's, you know, I don't remember the last time. I mean, I I guess some, sometimes if like my husband's on a trip or something, I turn the lights out when I go to sleep, but even then I turn the TV on because I don't like it when it's very dark in my room. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a big baby when it comes to basically everything except horror movies. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I don't know. Carly, do you remember anything like that? I can't remember the last time I was alone in the dark. I feel like any time that power goes out, it's like when I'm sleeping or it's during the day. I I don't know. Not necessarily an inconvenience. It's not really super creepy, though, to me. I'm okay with it. She's tougher than me. Uh, yeah, apparently I'm because like and I was ne- I was always OK with it because I had like I had been married for like 10 plus years and you know never had an issue being alone in the dark or this or that. But it wasn't until recently that I wasn't married. And for the first time in 10 plus years, I heard something go bump in the night and I didn't have that person there to like validate. Like, did you hear that? Or at least be to like, you know, partner up with. And it was and I, it wasn't necessarily and I can't tell you the, the first time, but I just remember nowadays and you mentioned it anytime now I'm alone in the dark. Without a person, then I'm like, oh, shit, this is kind of scary. So, yeah, I, it's like any time now that freaks me out. Dude, fuck all that noise. Every time I'm alone in the dark outside, dude, and there's no lights in there, I'm terrified. Because I know 
fucking evil raccoons or some shit's gonna come and get me, man. Evil raccoons. I feel like if I was outside, the first thing. The spiders would scare me. That's what I think of. Like walking into a spider web and not seeing it. (laughs) Like you're afraid of the stupidest shit. You're afraid of spiders, but not being alone in the dark. Being alone in the dark is way scarier than spiders. But like spiders alone in the dark. (laughs) Yeah. Rats. No. No. Oh, before we stop talking about Alone in the Dark, I got to give props to the little girl. That we, we've mentioned her. Yeah. She was so great. funny. She had some of the best lines in there. I think one of my favorite lines out of the whole movie where she's the, the dad was like, um, you know, if we just stick to the plan, hopefully we'll make it out alive. And she goes, hopefully. And the mom goes, be serious. She's like, I am being serious. I thought that was great because that sounded like something I would say. <laughs> well, didn't she I'm also? I'm gonna tell you. At first, I did not like that little girl. She was snotty, and <laughs> she was full of herself, and she was unsupportive of her aunt. Um, <laughs> I did not appreciate her. Um, at, I'm speaking as an aunt. Uh, if you are not supportive of your aunt, that's an issue. You know, that's a respect issue. Uh, we have problems. You know, her aunt's like, I'm afraid of the dark. She's like, baby. You know, she was rude. Rude little girl. But then later, when the big scary rapist dude touched her and she said, don't call me cutie and don't touch me, I was like, all right, I like you again. She redeemed herself. But at first, I did not like that little girl. Just saying. She's over there fucking snot-nosed kid. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I am. Um, I have no. I did not like that. And like a self-righteous little girl, <laughs> I will have none of that. You show some respect. <laughs> she was accepted later. She was. She stood up to the creepy. She man. redeemed herself. She redeemed. She had to work for it, though. You know, I'm not just gonna like every little kid just because they're cute. Right, but you gotta they, work for that shit. Yeah. I need more than cuteness. You know, <laughs> give me some. Being able to fend off a 500 pound crazy person <laughs> that definitely puts you in the okay book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah she worked it. it out. Yeah, she no. Yeah, no, she is great. <laughs> you know, Genius and I both definitely had a good experience rewatching this, and kind of throughout it, I kept looking at like, okay, there's elements of this or this. So I kind of came up with three films <laughs> that I definitely think that it owes homage to, or have like drawn influence from it. But definitely like, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, definitely like Last House on the left, especially when the family starts, you know, fending off everyone that's through the siege. And then I got, you know, I'm curious to see if Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. We're big fans of this movie and just how much of it ended up in like your next. Um, were you were you all just getting any kind of other, um, you know, films that were maybe lifting or, you know, drew inspiration from any of those? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I could see the year next thing, especially with the arrows. Mm-hmm. I was that was kind of uh, yeah. I, could, I could see that. I don't know that I really thought of anything off the top of my head. Uh, no. I definitely thought of one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but probably because they were crazy people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, obviously, like with the hockey mask. But this is before that now, so that now I know that. So now that's interesting. Yeah, owes owes some likeness rights there potentially. Uh, Genius, do were you pull, pulling anything? I was hard pressed to find more things because as soon as the movie, to me, as soon as the movie started having one tone and one way, it shifted and went a different direction. For example, the dream sequence threw me off and then the whole like you know let me talk about the insane sound and it goes crazy but then those moments of weird levity and then the sick fucks for no reason you know and then like for the right reason for the right reason right for the right reason and then the whole like the way not the enemies are dispatched but the final like his final ploy 
to like fucking get on TV and say something, you know? Which was such a weird thing, ultimately, that you had this almost like um, deus machina of like perfectly timed television mm-hmm. ad to let him know that, you know, indeed their previous doctor is alive. Right. And then the doctor. Yeah, I thought that was kind of. Oh. What a, what a what a what a random act <laughs> right right which again again it's a movie it's gotta have stuff like that but the whole fact that this whole thing stemmed from the fact that these guys thought you know he killed their original doctor and it was just they were mad they weren't you know confused and so forth so yeah it was it painted a really weird picture of mental health actually from like 82 um so ultimately kind of like final thoughts here on alone in the dark um amy carly final thoughts Okay. Um, Bunky's a weird name. Uh, the sick fucks are awesome. And I don't know. I think that's all I got. Uh, Martin Landau's eyebrows are awesome, too. Indeed. That's all I got. That's why that's one of my big takeaways. Uh, I was reading the trivia on this movie, and one of the things is it says that one of the members of the sick, fu- sick fucks ran into Jack Palance years later in the streets. Uh, of New York, I think, and he was like, hey, like, I was one of the sick fucks in the movie, and Palance goes, we were all sick fucks in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did you go that, or did he go, we were all <laughs> Yeah, that <fucks."> one. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, if you have Shudder, it is worth your time seeing. If, if anything, just so you can put it on your you know, list of flicks that you have seen and you don't have to lie if someone asks in public, you and, know, if you've seen it. And watch it alone in the dark so you can tr- <laughs> so you can truly be as alone in the dark. <laughs> so, uh, Amy and Carly, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, again, where can our listeners find you uh, both out on the social media? Final Girls uh, HC on Twitter and then just search for Final Girls Forecast on Instagram and Facebook. Honestly, we don't know. <laughs> We're the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> you got to market on it. It is perfect. So it, it, open invite whenever you have anything to talk about. And obviously, especially with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that'll come up streaming here soon. I'd love to talk about that. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. Oh, no problem. No problem. So gang, uh, until the next time, uh, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McKee. And we will see you in your dreams. Bye.